Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in. Miller and Condon on the air with you here on a Thursday as we talk the world of sports. Take it up until 1 o'clock this afternoon. It is another edition minus Ken. He will be back on Monday as his vacation continues. Haven't heard from the old man. Hope everything's going out well. He took his dog on his first road trip, Jet, along with his wife out in California, taking a look at some places out there, and he'll be back with us on Monday. But in his place, in the hot seat today, formally, yes, formally, of the Des Moines Register, he is Cody Goodwin. What's up, Cody? I, hey, man. How's it going? Good. Formally. Formally. Of yeah. the Des Moines Register. How does that sound to you? Um... Still, a l- I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. Um, still very much getting used to it. Um, for those who don't know, left the Des Moines Register last week. Um, now on board with uh, 247 Sports and CBS Sports. I'm going to be making my way south here in about a month to go cover Alabama. I've already started, um, you know, doing a lot of remote stuff, some onboarding stuff, trying to figure out the new CMS and stuff like that. But yeah, officially, officially gone from the register. Um, still getting used to it. Still getting used to it. It's still a little, little funny, you know, cause yeah. I was there for what, six, seven years. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Um, excited for, for something new, right? We're going to go from covering wrestling in Iowa to covering Alabama football. So, <laughs> right, you know, from one, one rabid fan base to another in a lot of ways, they're kind of similar. Yeah. Um, just on the early returns, at least, you know, just the passion with which the fans, you know, kind of operate day to day and how they want to know, you know, they want to know recruiting updates. They want to know health updates, you know, specifically with Alabama, they want to know who the quarterback's going to be this mm-hmm. fall. So, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's 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 somewhat similar. So I'm excited to kind of learn a little bit more once I f- finally get down to Tuscaloosa. Well, we certainly know your passion for wrestling, and I think most everybody around here knows that the SEC doesn't have wrestling anymore. I think I told you in the past, my great uncle, he was a wrestling coach at LSU in the 70s and into the early 80s. So it used to be a big thing. Not anymore. There's no way the wrestling's coming back. And, you know, you even look at you know, some of the other programs, like in the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech, something like that. Is there growth potential in collegiate wrestling outside of you know a program here or there? Is there ever a chance that we see the SEC get back involved, that we see Texas get back involved, schools like that to get back to it, or is that just highly unlikely? Well, Mizzou's an SEC school. They got wrestling. They right? do. No, um, I don't. I don't see it happening. At least like at that level. Um, you know, D1 programs, pretty hard to launch nowadays. Just combination of lack of interest and just people want to facilitate their money elsewhere, right? And especially in a place like the SEC, like every extra dollar goes to football, um, you know, unless you're Kentucky, in which case a few extra dollars go to basketball. That's just kind of the name of the game. Money's the, you know, football's the money maker. Basketball is a money maker. And so I just, I don't, I don't see it, um, which is such a bummer because when you look at, you know, where is the sport growing at the high school level? There's been a lot of really good, um, 
There's been a lot of growth mm-hmm. in, in the southern states, in places like Georgia specifically. Florida's always had really strong rustling. Um, you know, there was a blue chip recruit not too long ago, a couple years ago, he uh, redshirted for Northern Iowa this year, Corey Land. He's from Alabama. Um, you know, and there's one of a handful of, you know, high level Alabama wrestlers that have gone on to, you know, wrestle D1 and have a lot of success. I know there's a lot of people in Cedar Falls that are really excited about, you know, seeing what Corey Land can do this upcoming season. Um, yeah, in terms of SEC adding wrestling, I don't, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in terms of where wrestling can grow, um, you know, keep keep an eye on obviously the the whole women's wrestling thing. That is yeah. you know, women's wrestling at the collegiate level, maybe not the D one Power Five level yet. Um, I know that's kind of a big thing with okay, who's you know Iowa was the first one to add D one Power Five women's wrestling. Who's going to be the next? Um, you know, maybe not that yet, but there's I mean there's programs popping up all over the place at the D two D three levels. Um, you know, NAIA has had a surge in wrestling programs, men and women. So programs are getting added, but in terms of where we want to see those programs get added, it's, you know, those wishes may not come true or, you know, just the, the odds are just way too slim. We will talk more wrestling here throughout the program today. Got the NBA Finals to get into. Our guest list today brought to you by BMW of Des Moines, 11.30. We're going to be talking college football and some big news today. Jack Schwarbrick, the longtime athletic director at Notre Dame, is stepping away. And a replacement has already been named. And it be a very much a succession uh, type of step down as he's going to ease the transition into the new athletic director. We'll talk about that and more college football coming up with Pete Futek here at 11.30. Then in the 12 o'clock hour, 12.30, we will talk about Cody's favorite team, that is the Kansas City Chiefs, as Nick Athen is going to stop in. Man, it must be good, huh, being a Chiefs fan? <laughs> it's not bad, that's oh. for dang sure. <laughs> After you growing up, years of mediocrity, a couple of good teams in there, but never what we're seeing right now and just knowing that seemingly every single year you got that guy back behind the center you got a chance every year it's uh it's special man and and we'll dive into this more probably in the noon hour but um yeah really really good time to be a Chiefs fan um after kind of wandering through the quarterback wilderness for virtually my entire childhood and even up through you know high school and you know college and even some of my adult professional years but yeah we got that dude now and not just not just a dude but literally that dude in Patrick Mahomes so um definitely a good time to be a Chiefs fan for sure we will also talk about the NBA Finals. Want to go back, though, a little bit to your transition and filling people in a little bit about the news, the decision. So I believe it was a year ago at this time when Ken was on vacation and I had you come in and I asked you, you kind of hit the apex really early in your career for a wrestling writer. And I asked, is there something else out there? And you didn't come out and say it. I think you were happy with your role at the register and what you were doing. But I could tell in our conversation that, for you, it was at the apex, that there was still more out there. You're still in your 20s, right? I just turned 30 just in November. Tur- just, all right. So you're still young. You got, got a lot of reps in you. Got a lot of articles in front of you before you come to the end. When this opportunity came there and you had a chance, or was it something you were looking around? You were just seeing what else was out there. How did this all kind of come to fruition, knowing that you have as good of a wrestling job as you're going to find probably in the country? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, there were not very many opportunities for upward mobility if I wanted to stay in the wrestling circles. Um, and so I kind of recognized that probably a few years ago that, mm-hmm. you know, just getting to cover wrestling at the level that I was at the register um, 
it wasn't probably as good as it was going to get, but it was pretty close to as good as it was probably going to get. Um, you know, the register gave me a lot of latitude. They they really kind of let me dictate, you know, what I wanted to do on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Um, and and for I'm forever grateful for that because, you know, growing up a wrestler, like I, I knew what all the big stuff was. I knew what all the big tournaments was. I knew it wasn't just a November to March thing. Like mm-hmm. I knew that there was a lot more that went into it, um, especially at the high school level. Like of the many, many things that I'm super proud of having accomplished, it's, you know, really kind of growing the high school wrestling footprint, boys and girls, mm-hmm. Um you know, and I'm super grateful that the register leadership just kind of, you know, they were hands off and really just kind of let me do my thing. And, um, you know, I, I tripped and stumbled a little bit, but overall I felt like we did a, a really, really good job. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, it's always been a dream of mine and I, I've told this to a few people. Um, you know, I've, I want to eventually go on and, and cover the NFL and, you know, I, at one point I wanted to be, you know, kind of like a major sports columnist for a major sports, you know, major sports city. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like like a, I grew up in Kansas City. I grew up reading Kansas City Star. You know, we had we went from Joe Poznanski and Jason Whitlock to Sam Mellinger, who's fantastic. That's, and a, that's a pretty good list there. Yeah. You know, Vahe Gregorian joined the staff when I was in high school. So just like a really great cast of columnists from one to the next. And I'm like, oh, man, that would always be a really awesome job. And so, you know. As you get older and you stay in the media industry, you see things shifting and changing. And, um, you know, I would still love to go and do that at some point. But I knew that if I wanted to go and do something like that, I would probably have to leave the wrestling space at some point. And I recognized that probably a few years ago. But in my head, I was like, man, like this, I'm I'm having so much fun doing this wrestling thing in a state that cares about it for a community that is hyper passionate about it. Like it would take something really fantastic Mm -hmm. to pull me away. And so really probably over the last year or so was when, you know, I, I let's, I let's be real here. Like the register is owned by Gannett and Mm -hmm. it's not exactly the best, you know, media company to work for. Not that there's a lot of different media companies that aren't, aren't super great to work for. You know, it's just, there's a lot of stress involved. And I think really over the last year, 18 months, I finally picked my head up out of the sand. I was looking at some of these numbers. I was trying to find the light at the end of the tunnel. And for the first time in a long time, you know, I just couldn't see it. And so really over the last year or so, I kind of, you know, my eyes were moving and I was trying to see what else was out there, you know, in and out of wrestling space, Mm -hmm. in and out of journalism, even, um, you know, and I, you know, I applied for a few jobs here and there, um, obviously didn't get it, but you know, it was probably the day after the NCAA championships. Um, when I got a call from, um, you know, just somebody I really trust in the industry that, you know, they, they let it slip, you know, Hey, how, how do you feel about Tuscaloosa and covering Alabama? And I was like, well, that sounds really fun. Like, yeah. tell me a little bit more. Right. And so they gave me the details about this two, four, seven and CBS thing. And, um, you know, through my application in the ring, um, the person that called me had a connection with, you know, one of the guys I'm now working with, um, you know, that kind of sped the process up a little bit. I guess I nailed the interview and, um, you know, within about a couple of months we were able to, you know, get this thing rolling and we were all officially announced on June one. So I'm joining, it's not like I'm just the Alabama guy. I'm actually going down there joining a team. There's four or five of us down there who are wow. going to be covering the tide and, it happened. I, it feels like it happened very quickly after the wrestling season, um, you know, and it was just it was that was one of the few things that I was like, yeah, like if, if you know, if, if I'm going to leave the wrestling space, I want to go do something big and covering Alabama football, Alabama basketball. We're going to do some recruiting stuff. We're going to do some really fun stuff with 247 CBS, all that. You know, Alabama is obviously one of the biggest brands in college athletics mm-hmm. and, you know. 
SEC football is king. Alabama is one of those programs that's routinely in the mix every single year to compete for SEC and national championships. And I too good to pass up, man. I, I couldn't say no. This is something much different than what you've done. Uh, though you write about recruiting in the high school wrestling space and guys moving on to their collegiate career, that's always a big part of the online community. It's also building a subscriber base. I mean, it's going to be different, right? You're not a Southerner. Kansas City's a little south, but not really south. <laughs> You're not a Southerner. You're going to a new spot, and a big part of that is the subscriber base. So, you know, if you kind of tackled that thought of, of what to do, is it about the work? Is it about uh, being a little bit different? What the difference is in your role now going forward, going from the newspaper side of things to the online-only side of things? Yeah, I mean, writing for exclusively a digital enterprises, I think it's going to be a little liberating. You know, I don't have to worry about the print product anymore. And to be honest, when I got hired at the register, they, I mean, they, they told me right away, like, Hey, like, don't worry about the print product. Just worry about writing online, worry about getting things up fast, worry about breaking news, worry about this and that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it was always in the back of your head, you know, like the register is obviously a print product, you know, whether it's the actual paper or, you know, like my dad, for example, reads the, the PDF version, Mm -hmm. um, on his iPad every day, you know, for the register, for the star, New York times, Wall Street Journal, whatever. Um, you know, so, Writing for an exclusive digital outlet is something I've got a lot of experience in. But but yeah, like I you know I, the team that I'm working with going down there, you know when I when I go south, like I'm I'm the I'm the new guy. Like everybody else on the team that I'll be working with has been in the you know Birmingham Tuscaloosa market. They've been covering SEC football. They've been covering SEC sports, Alabama sports specifically, or or they've had a hand in in the recruiting circles there. Um, you know, and then there's this, you know, little dude from the Midwest coming down like, yeah, I covered wrestling and, you know, now I'm going to jump from covering, you know, and, and this was this was one of my selling points in the interview. Like, look, I, I covered the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling program, which is a championship or bust athletics program with a passionate fan base to, you know, Alabama football and, and even their basketball team. They were the number one seed in the NCAA, champion, NCAA tournament last year for men's basketball, like, you know, an, an athletics program that has a lot of athletics programs that have championship or bust aspirations right and so with a very passionate fan base you know it's not a exact one-for-one trader comparison but you know i was like hey like i i understand the stakes here i understand kind of what the you know the readers are looking for i kind of understand what the fans want to know um you know but i'm also going to bring my own little twist here you know like i i don't know and maybe i just haven't found it yet because again i'm only you know what it's it's june 8th i started monday um you know just doing some onboarding and you know just kind of introducing myself um I'm going to bring my own twist to things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and one of the things we've been doing this week, or at least what I've been doing is been rewatching all of Alabama's football games, you know, one to familiarize myself with like the program that I'm oh, going to yeah. be covering in the fall, but two, like, you know, Hey, like here's, here's kind of my twist on things. Here's what I look at when I watch these games. Um, here's what I look for as I rewatch them. Like here's kind of, you know, here's, here's, here's me. And so just kind of introducing myself to the beat, to Alabama readership, specifically to the 247 Alabama readership. Um, you know, another thing I'm going to have to get used to is like a lot of my community building when it came to covering wrestling up here was through Twitter for the most part. Like that mm-hmm. is kind of how I developed a following and how I was able to keep track of a lot of things. And that's how I was able to track down, you know, sources, sometimes create stories. You know, I had the mailbag every wrestling season. Um, 247 community building is through message boards. And that's yeah. something I, I'm going to have to get used to that. It's a, it's a little different. I've been trying to make that adjustment a little bit this week, just trying to get used to it. Um, so that'll, that'll be different. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of different challenges that are going to come with this gig. Um, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be new and, um, 
I, I think that's the fun part, right? Is just mm-hmm. being able to show that you can do all sorts of different things while also being able to bring, you know, the things that, you know, have obviously worked for me, um, previously, um, covering wrestling as opposed to football. But, um, you know, like, as you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard football fan. Like yeah. I love the game. I love watching, I love watching film. I love breaking it down. I love, you know, just being able to kind of see, you know, why things work, why they didn't, this, that, and the next, you know, basketball might be a little trickier for me to <laughs> get used to, but you know, when it comes to covering football and, and especially SEC football, man, like that's, you know, they're the Kings down there mm-hmm. and that is going to be so much fun to watch on a, on a regular basis come the fall. I went down to Tuscaloosa years ago, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I went down there early in our relationship, had a uh, flat tire before we even got on the road. It was one of those trips, but I'll tell you the environment. I've been to every Big Ten stadium except for the two newbies. haven't been to Maryland or Rutgers. I've been to half the Big 12. The SEC is different. It really is. And being to a game, it was Alabama-Tennessee. It was one. That's a big one, man. Mount Cody blocked the uh, two field goals at the end, beat Lane Kiffin. It was an incredible environment. Really, really cool. And you're going to have a good time with it. There there is no doubt. But you're going to miss wrestling. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. One thousand percent. I mean, one of the you know, I, I grew up a wrestler. Right. So like that's that's been my sport for forever. Um, and I'm like, I'm always I'm always going to have that, you know, in me. I'm always going to have that with me, you know, and I'm I'm going to I'm still going to keep up with it. Not in nearly as much depth as I have the last, you know, six years or so. But, you know, I'm still going to I'm going to follow along like I want to I want to watch the Cyhawk duel, you mm-hmm. know, this upcoming year. It's going to be it's going to be zesty. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to watch, you know, Iowa State, you and I, I want to watch Iowa Penn State. I'm, I'm going to tap in for the NCAA championships so long as the schedule works out. You know, it's usually usually the NCAA championships for wrestling is the same week as opening weekend for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So, you know, we'll see you know, kind of what my schedule will look like, but like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep tabs on things. Like I'm still even through this week, like the, you know, USA wrestling's hosting their cadet, um, cadet or 16, U, whichever one you want to call it, 16, U national duels in Illinois. And, you know, the team that Iowa sent out there is full of really, really good young high school wrestlers and also some upcoming, you know, eighth graders who are going to be freshmen in the fall. And I mean, they're whipping tail out there. And like, I've, I've got an eye on it, not in the same way that I would have if I were still covering wrestling for the register, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still absolutely gonna, you know, I'm going to keep following along and um, I'm going to miss it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in order to kind of get to where I want to go, um, you know, I, I have to I have to leave it behind, unfortunately, which, you know, that's that was that's the one bummer is that, you know, I, I felt like we built a really, really cool thing here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's this is, again, one of those opportunities that I just I, I didn't feel like I could pass up. It has been an important beat. The wrestling writer for the Des Moines Register going back to damn cool and so many others that have been in that space. You mentioned Gannett. We see the cuts. We hear the stories all the time, even outside of the newspaper industry. Do you know? Do you have an inkling? Will that position be filled? Because if not, boy, that would be that'd be a blow to not just the wrestling community of not having a dedicated beat writer there, but also just to, I think, the Des Moines Register and something that makes it unique, even in the world of Gannett newspapers being owned by one single entity. Yeah. Yeah. I have it. I have at least this is what they told me before I left um, that they they do plan to hire that specific position. And I do believe that they are going to look for a wrestling specific person to fill that position. So um, that is what they told me. Um, I don't know if plans change or when they will officially make that hire. Um, 
you know, but that's that's at least what I was told. So I'm I'm hopeful they do it too, man, because like wrestling, covering wrestling for the Register is like covering racing for the Indianapolis Star, like covering mm-hmm. country music for the Nashville Tennessean, like covering swimming for the Arizona Republic. Like there's just there's fun communities that have certain niche beats like that. Um, and so I really hope that, you know, whoever they end up hiring um, is able to really carry that tradition in their own way. Um you know, because that's obviously there's a community here that craves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's, you know, it can be a huge benefit to the register as long as they continue to pour time and energy into it. Well, we're going to have some more wrestling related questions for Cody a little bit later on here this hour. I got a few things. The Ferraris making their way to Iowa City. How oh many of them? We'll get into that. Iowa State and obviously what Coach Dresser continues to build. Boy, I love that young talent. Seemed like maybe they run out of some steam by the end of the year, some of those young guys, but we'll get into that a whole lot more a little bit later on. But you're going to be covering basketball now, so let's get into it. Did you watch last night, Game 3? I, I was able to catch pieces of it, um, you know, but I've been, I mean, I've been following it since the conference finals. That's usually when I tune into the NBA, yeah. when we get to the conference finals or the occasional, you know, LeBron highlight. Um but yeah, I, dude, man, the, the Nuggets look pretty good, man. They do. And you know, it's so funny, even back to game one, Denver didn't play very well. And you could tell Miami was kind of running on fumes coming off the game seven, coupled with making the trip right away after the win against Boston, playing in altitude, kind of all those things. And then they bounce back. But kind of the dirty little secret, yes, Denver lost game two. They didn't play that well in game one either. That was the Denver team that we saw last night that I anticipated we were going to see. And, uh, you know, the debate shows they can drive me nuts, and I had, <laughs> and I had one on this morning. And why just, would you do that to yourself? It was just flipped on. Was watching Sports Center last night. Flip on the TV. There it is. So I'm getting ready this morning, and the, the debate was that the two thirty point triple doubles for the first time in playoff history. This happens. Well, it's actually a bad thing for the and I just I I, I can't. I, I have to turn off the television. It's a bad thing if one of the best right. players in the NBA stuffs the stat sheet. Because not other people are involved. That, at least that was the thought process behind it. I, I mean, did find the stat interesting that when Nikola Jokic scores 40 points, the, the Nuggets don't win. But right. when he doesn't score 40 points, they're like, don't lose. <laughs> so just get to 39 and then stop shooting. Yeah, is, right. Is that how it works? <laughs> I, I don't think it exactly worked out that way. Still, that performance. And you know, Jamal Murray, what, what this guy has done coming off the ACL tear, we saw him... Just so limited coming off of it. And now what he's become is the same guy that we saw back in the bubble three, four years back now. And what he became and what he built into. This Nuggets team, I came into the finals believing that the path for a Heat upset, to win four games, it just was so unlikely for me. And I'm still there. I know game two is weird. I'm sure Jimmy Butler's going to be a whole lot better. But that's the other part that I wonder. You know, After Butler sat out that game against the Knicks, he's not been the same guy. Not as consistent as we saw, certainly against the Bucks in the first round. And and because of that, Caleb Martin was the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals. He didn't win the MVP. Butler still won it. But Caleb Martin was the guy. Jimmy Butler had to be Superman, has to be Superman for them to win this series. And with this ankle... I just don't think he can get to that level to win three more games against this Nuggets team. Well, and I just, I wonder, like, you know, if he's, his health gives Miami a better, a bigger margin for error, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you you know, if he's fully healthy, you know, they still have to play virtually lights out. But, like, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Now, it's got to be perfect. Like, you need some sort of game plan and you have to spam that game plan, how, like, by any means necessary. Because you know Jimmy's going to give you everything he's got, but you... 
just you, you just you can't screw it up now. Like that's just that's kind of what his, to me at least that's what his injury says to me. I'll tell you what, who's also been more impressive, and maybe this is the Kansas City uh-huh. slash Mizzou Here fan. Here comes Christian the, Brown time. I know where you're going. No, 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 oh. no. Actually, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, okay, uh, Mizzou legend Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, firmly. Uh-huh. Um, his his emergence, I think, has really helped the Nuggets just become a fully more well-rounded team. Like everybody talks about Nikola Jokic, everybody talks about Jamal Murray, and rightfully so. Those guys are fantastic. But you know, Michael Porter Jr. gives you, there's another dude that can get off and rebound. It's another dude that when he shoots the ball, it's like yeah, it's probably gonna go in. Like he's just he's kind of he doesn't have to be the superstar that mm-hmm. he's been virtually his entire life. He can just kind of go out there and play ball, and he's been magnificent these playoffs. And so I know he hasn't you know really kind of popped yet in the finals but mm-hmm. like that's a just it's it's another dude that you have to account for and there's so many dudes on the nuggets that you have to account for that you know Miami it's a great story a bunch of undrafted guys led by Jimmy who was you know the 30th pick in the draft the year he got drafted and you know he kind of had to work his way into becoming this guy um great awesome story but like you win you win titles with dudes man and, and Denver just has so many dudes that it's just it's it's hard it's hard and Porter has struggled with the shot here during the finals. And you know he's going to have a game. Yeah. He's going to have a game where he hits six three-pointers and they're, Denver's going to win that one. Well, Yeah. And it's going to be the game that, like, Jokic and Murray are just a little off. Right. And, like, you know, Butler goes for 40 and, and just something something funny happens that, you know, Denver is going to have a chance to either win a game they shouldn't or they just end up winning a game they shouldn't. And that games like that tilt the series, man. Like, especially when you, all you got to do is win four and already Denver's halfway there. So, you know, one good game from him could be, you know, they could be done in a gentleman's sweep or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Miami finds a way to, to even it up and they, you know, go back and maybe maybe it's game five. I don't know. Like it's he's coming and he's gonna. He, I feel like he's due for one big final series game. One thing I loved with Malone last night too is Porter was struggling again. Second straight game that he struggled and not hitting the shot, not hitting the open shots that we've been so used to throughout this playoffs that it was hitting. And he pulled him out. He didn't do what the Celtics did. Well, this just kept chucking. We're missing shots. Dumb it. Yeah, no. shoot through it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the case. Yeah. And that's how we saw the emergence last night of Christian Brown. From Burlington, Kansas. You know Burlington, Kansas? I know roughly where it's at. <laughs> you, have, you have a general approximation of where Burlington, Kansas is. I say that about most Kansas towns. Yeah. You know, it's I, it's as flat as Nebraska, man. Right. It's all kind of the same. <laughs> they all look the same. And this guy came out there, not scared of the moment. He hasn't been throughout this playoffs, and they needed him last night with Porter struggling the way he was. Pope wasn't giving him a whole lot. Brown wasn't giving him a whole lot. And it's Christian Brown that goes out there. Finishes with 15 points. Well, it is 2-1 in the series. And right back to the odds that we saw after Game 1. Denver, once again, a big, big favorite in this one. Time to change some gears here as we're joined by Cody Goodwin with the Bama. Is it Bama Online? Uh, Bama 247. Bama 247. Bama 247 is where you'll see the byline for Cody Goodwin going forward. He is joining us here today. We'll get into some more wrestling. We'll talk some Chiefs, even some baseball Cody's a Red Sox fan, just a a weird combination down there (laughs) for a KC kid. We will talk about that. But coming up next is college football time. Pete Futek from College Football News. He'll join us as we take you until 1. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3.com. KXNO on a Thursday, college football inching closer and closer. We got Cody Goodwin hanging out with us today. 
Gonna be a different college football season for you covering Alabama, Cody. I'm so excited, man. Like I've I my first, you know, quote unquote assignment with two four seven was to and I pitched this, like, let me rewatch all the games from last year just to kind of, you know, just to kind of learn a few things, like introduce myself to to the beat and but also like are there things that, you know, from last year's games that could maybe help us ahead of, of twenty twenty three and Dude, it is, SEC football is just such a different brand of football. It is just like a little no, bit not, more fun than watching the Iowa offense, is what you're saying. Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> like it's just it's and even like it's just they play faster. Like they're just you know up here when we watch Big Ten and Big Twelve, right? Um, just it's it's not like it's like a slog or it's slow or the, you know there's there's a lot of entertaining moments and I don't get me wrong I appreciate really good defense um and it's also been fun just like from you know where I was with the register getting to see a lot of these kids you know grow up and go play at Iowa or Iowa mm-hmm. State and you know or even you and I or you know any other school and whatnot but dude when we say that the SEC is bigger faster stronger like it it is no joke man like they just they hit different they play different like it is just it's the, the type of athlete that plays in the SEC just it's it's unreal it's just so different Pete Futek joins us from College Football News he's been in the college football space for a number of years Pete what's Cody getting into here making the wait, jump in wait first of all didn't Iowa some SEC team or something. In a well, not a very game. good one, Kentucky. That doesn't really. Oh, 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 now they're not good. <laughs> but oh, yeah, SEC. Uh, let me hear here. Let me let me help you with this. When there's an expanded playoff, there's nothing wrong with Alabama's season last year. They just so happened to play, you know, two walk off games on the road, and everything else is kind of fine. And in terms of the bigger, faster, stronger, it's one position. Defensive tackle. Mm. That's the difference between the SEC and everybody else. But talent-wise, look, the last, you know, umpteen million NFL drafts have been 43% SEC and Big Ten. So Big Ten can hang uh, at a lot of different positions depending on the teams. But defensive tackle, that's where the SEC has it all over everyone else. That 12-team playoff era is going to be incredible. We're going to get to see it play out on the field. But we still have another year in front of us. The one thing about college football that has, on a national scene, kind of annoyed me lately, Pete, and really the last decade plus, has been Nick Saban and Alabama kind of ruining it for everybody. (laughs) Just because the gap between those top four, five, six, seven teams every year and everybody else, it's so significant. As we go into the future... Do you believe that gap is going to shrink? Um, no, it's because you're always going to have a team that has its moment. And so, you know, look, you know, Alabama's been amazing, obviously. But these runs end. And, we, you know, it's like, oh, Florida State's never going to stop coming up with, you know, 10-win seasons and, you know, top five overall finishes. And then it did. You know, Tennessee was a um, powerhouse in the 1990s and early 2000s and then kind of stopped. You know, so these runs always do have a life of itself. Just be- And it, it might not be, uh, you know, falling off the map completely, but it's enough to be like, and this is what you're going to find out covering Alabama very quickly, is that it's a funeral environment around there. It is. This is a disaster. They've gone two seasons, three seasons now, without a national championship, which means they might as well have gone 0-12. <laughs> and so it's and that's life in the SEC where you can be awesome. You can be amazing. If, if 
if Alabama had gotten into the college football playoff last year instead of TCU, it probably wins or comes close. Um, but you can be amazing and go 10-2, and two and your season means jack squat. And the other thing to remember on all this is there are going to be more teams that are just good enough than on the right day. The expanded playoff might be a differentiating factor only because some of these teams are going to have one extra game. And then in terms of, like, just overall among the top seeds, it's all been kind of forgotten in the wash. If old Noah Ruggles hits that kick straight, Ohio State's the national champion, and this whole Georgia thing Mm -hmm. is great, but it's like, uh uh-oh, is that a one-off? So these things, it it really does come down to one or two plays here and there, and no one more than Alabama where they should have lost to Texas, should have lost to Texas A&M, didn't, should have beaten, if Jameer Gibbs catches that pass against Tennessee, they beat the Vols, and that LSU thing at the end was just crazy. So it just it, it just comes down to just a, the smallest of margins when it comes to those teams. But to answer your question, there's probably going to be you know seven or eight of them now, as opposed to now being like, well, we know Georgia's in the college football playoff already. I have a thought and then a question. The thought is that just the idea of like Alabama or LSU or somebody in the SEC going 10 and 2 and just it not really meaning a whole lot to the fan base like when I was explaining in the first segment that like you know dealing with Iowa wrestling fans is not an exact one for one comparison <laughs> to dealing with Alabama fans but like Iowa wrestling lost one duel this past season to Penn State and they took second at the NCAA championships and by all accounts like it was a really really good season but because they got housed by 55 points against Penn State at the national tournament they're just kind of like eh like exactly we, we want to win it you know and so like you know I like I that's you know that I it's feel like I have the beauty queen yeah exactly. like it's the, it's the it's the abstract painting where you could have this gigantic painting of all white and the little black dot in the bottom corner is what your eye goes to and that's exactly what you're talking about here yeah which then okay that's so, on to the question um you know these things end does it end for Georgia this year? I mean, I know they got a lot of really key pieces to fill in from last year, but you know they they had a lot of key pieces to fill in from the year before that, and I feel like they did that pretty admirably last season. Uh, yeah, uh, but here's the difference: one, they were young last year. I know Stetson Bennett was 46 years old, <laughs> uh, but everyone else is pretty much back. I mean, Georgia might have sent a million guys to the NFL, but they were still young. They still had a whole a, a years, and this is where. I, I'm not a, a fan of recruiting in any way, especially in a transfer portal era. But when you get a ton of four and five star guys, that just means it builds. It doesn't mean that you know you know Johnny Five Star is going to be the next big thing. But if you have five of them, then two of them are going to be the next big thing. And that's kind of what they've done. They've been so amazing under Kirby Smart at just bringing in loads and loads and loads of talent, and then just a couple of t- transfer portal tweaks here and there. And then you look at their schedule. It, it, yes, the SEC is different. Yes, the SEC is better. It's, the SEC West is different and better outside of Georgia. You know, Tennessee's tough. Florida's not there yet. But if you look at the Georgia SEC schedule, it's not bad. They might lose a game. They're definitely not losing two. So to answer your question, you know, getting the playoff and, you know, all bets are off now. If TCU can, you know, beat a choking Michigan team, and if Ohio State could have come within a stop and a field goal of beating Georgia, well, now it's a little more wide open. So the key is just right now, just get there. Who's going to be in the four? And if you're looking at this, 
it's going to take something really magical for Georgia not to be in that college football playoff with that talent and that schedule. That's, again, just not that bad. And I think what we saw last year with the semifinals, too, um, anything can happen in a one-game playoff, which is like, why didn't we do this sooner? But, yeah, like kind of like <laughs> you said. that was the first time, though. But that was the, first, that was the weird thing about the college football playoff era. We've never had that outlier before. Like, we, we've had the, oh, that's cute, Cincinnati's there, and Washington gets in, and Michigan State, oh, that's cute. And even Notre Dame twice, this is fun. And then they go in and just get housed. That was the first time we have had any sort of blip in the matrix where it hasn't really been, you know, oh, an upset, Clemson beat Alabama, or something, you know, something that just doesn't matter. So now maybe TCU has shown a little something, but we'll see for the second. Pete Futek joining us, College Football News. One more on the SEC. The eight-game conference schedule continues, even with the additions of Oklahoma and Texas. Is this just a wait-and-see mode? Wait to see what the 12-team playoff era looks like? Does strength of schedule really matter? Is it as simple as that in your mind, Pete? It's as simple as 2020. Four of the 14 teams, SEC teams, had winning conference had winning records before the polls in 2020. That's what, that was the year when you had an all-SEC schedule mm-hmm. and 10 teams finished with losing records. <laughs> Everybody wants no, nobody wants to be Ole Miss and go five and seven. Where you again, you can be really awesome and not do jack squat in the SEC. And what this nine-game schedule thing that they're not doing shows is two things. One, these other schools want wins, and they can't get to six wins, and you can't have a winning season with a nine-game conference schedule unless you're one of the superstars in the league. And second, all this hoo-ha that was, you know, when the statue, oh, well, the SEC, it wants to secede from the rest of college football. It wants to be its own thing with its own network. No, it doesn't. Because, again, you don't want these programs who are not Alabama, Georgia, Florida, whatever, they do not want to go 4-8 and eight every year. And the other point is, what's the point of being, that, being Alabama if you can't go out there and flex your muscle by just clocking some poor old you know, ACC team or a Big Ten team in a, in a bowl game or a championship? So they're, it, it just means that they just want to win more games, and that's it. Pete, Jack Swarbrick is stepping away from the athletic director at Notre Dame. Now, a new football hire has just been made in Freeman, so it doesn't appear to be anything imminent. But, again, evolution of sports. We see more and more consolidation. What's the future of the ACC? On and on and on. The chairman of NBC Sports, Pete Bavaca, is that how you say his name? He's going to be the new AD. Know anything about him? Uh, no, nothing other than that. We can't pronounce his last name <laughs> either. And that, yeah, okay. Being the chairman of NBC Sports kind of matters because he knows the he knows the lay of the land. And look, you know, going forward, what's Notre Dame's path? And uh, at the moment, it's not the ACC. If you're turn, if you're trying to think of expansion for the future, it's not the ACC. And the Big Ten at the moment is kind of a mess as it gets out of that. You know, the problems of 2020 where Fox wants some of its money back for not playing all those games. So, you know, it's definitely, and it's definitely not going to the SEC offer. So I, I have made this, this kind of tinfoil hat belief call from the start, along with my belief that even when Texas and Oklahoma are playing for the SEC championship, I'm still not going to believe that they're actually going. So, uh, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, if you're the Pac 12, how do you not just go to the Notre Dame and say, look, We'll give you whatever you want. 
join us. Be our anchor. Be our star of the show here. And you're in a conference with Stanford and Cal and great academic institutions there. And you can be, you know, you have, you had the uh, relationship with USC, which is obviously over, but you'll still have that kind of West Coast high because you play Stanford every once in a while. That's if I'm Jack, Jack Swarbrick, uh, George Klebikov, I am saying, look, I will give you anything you want, Notre Dame. Let's let's build this thing up from there, and there you all of a sudden your grant of rights deals go up, and your NBC deals go up, and everything changes in the landscape if they can figure that out. Good stuff. Hey, Pete, always appreciate your time. Love talking college football with you. Well, we still got a couple of months, but we're getting closer, right? Enjoy your summer. Enjoy Alabama, there. It, <laughs> you're gonna. It, it's it's a thing. It is it is definitely going to be a thing. I'm excited to get down there, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. See you, Pete. Pete College Football News. Always great information. All the team previews are up for the upcoming season. And more and more content as we make our way through. A month away from SEC Media Days. That's going to be a big one for you. That'll be fun. It's in Nashville, so that'll oh, be that'll be a nice. huge. I'm a huge country music guy, so uh-huh. might have to take a day or two. That's also where Two Four Seven's offices are, so we'll go. Oh, okay, we'll get to go up there as a team and make an appearance for the first time. So you'll get to reunite with Kennington Smith. Yeah, yeah. He's actually. I'm actually going down there next week to you know look at some apartments and housing and stuff like that. And um, I reached out to him and I was just like, hey, like if you're free, this is kind of what roughly my schedule looks uh-huh. like. So we should meet up for a beer or something. That'd so. be awesome. Well. I, I don't like Alabama poaching all of our talent from Cody Goodwin to Kennington Smith to Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor. <laughs> Ross well, Pierce Proctor a few years back. Who's uh yeah, it's funny how that works, right? Um the what's her name from Southeast Polk? She was four time state track champ in the same Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sydney Milani. Yeah. She uh she oh, she she originally went to Iowa State and then I believe she transferred down to Alabama as well, so I don't know if she's still down there, but um, yeah, Alabama's been raiding the state of Iowa for a little while now. (laughs) Not liking it. My wife's an Alabama fan, which is weird. That's why we went to the game. I just keep telling people, now you have a reason to flip on Alabama on Saturday afternoon in the fall. Like, because you know a guy in the press box. (laughs) (laughs) Just another one. Maybe we'll get a shot. Now, what I'm waiting for is our first Saban versus Cody moment. That's what I'm waiting for. I am, I, yeah, people have told me don't ask for the depth chart. Uh-huh. Um, people have told me don't tell him that his team is good or bad. Uh-huh. Um, but what, I'm what like, what does he call it? Rat poison? Yeah, rat poison. Rat poison. <laughs> See, like, I'm the kind of guy, like, my favorite thing about talking with high school football coaches here in Des Moines is like asking them, you know, and sometimes high, high school football is going to be different than covering mm-hmm. SEC football and college football in general, but like, talking scheme like what were you trying to do like what was you know what was the game plan what were you know some of the keys that you had to you know focus in on like and i like that i don't i'm sure there's people on the alabama beat who have done that and who will continue to do that but like those are the questions that i want to ask like i don't know that they make their coordinators available like some other programs do like i know iowa does during their bye week mm-hmm. um you know but like i would want to ask you know bill o'brien like hey like t- you know what were you you know, what were you thinking with this or what do you think in this or like what's, you know, help me understand so that I know more of what I'm watching because I think and I honestly like I I would do this with Tom Brands too, the Iowa wrestling coach. Like I would ask him, you know, for example, like when Penn State beat Iowa in the duel, they had a lot of success on, you know, just ankle riding. Yes. And so it, boring. Yeah. It, well, a lot of people were frustrated by mm-hmm. it. And so like I asked Tom, you know, just like, hey, like talk to me about the ankle ride thing. Like. 
I like how like explain like break down why it's a frustrating thing when you're the bottom guy. Explain why it's an advantageous thing when you're the top guy because it was something that Real Woods did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also like you know hey like when you're a coach and you go and you guys go back to the room to work on this like what is like because we had a, we had thousands of people watch our interview our video interviews with Tom Brands every week and so I was like trying to use that as an opportunity to educate the people that were watching like Tom break down for me how you get out of that mm-hmm. or what the you know, like what the protocol is or what you coach your wrestlers to do if they're in that position. But then also, like, what do you do when they are in that position? Like, what do you look for? What are the advantages? Like, what kind of angles? What kind of moves are you trying to do to turn your opponent or keep them on the mat? Or, um, you know, so like, I want to do that for football, you know, and like, I know way more about wrestling than I do about football. Like, Tom would always laugh at me because, you know, I knew the answers to the questions I was asking, but like, I wanted to get him to explain it on camera so that people were, who were watching could understand it. Um, you know, I don't know nearly as much about football. Like, I understand simple things here and there. Um, you know, and, and I, but I'm still very much learning. And so, like, I'm really excited to kind of pick Saban's brain about things of that nature. Hopefully, I don't know if maybe he won't answer them and I'm just going to be kind of left on an island, but. Um, you know, that's something that I'm really kind of hoping to bring to our coverage, specifically at 247. Like, I want to be that little nerd in the room that really shows you and teaches you and helps you understand what you're watching a little bit better. A little chalk talk. A little bit, yeah. With Cody, that'll work. Absolutely. We'll see what kind of responses Saban gives you. I can't wait. I can't wait for that one. Cody Goodwin in his final month here in the state of Iowa before he makes his way down to Alabama and taking over on the Alabama beat. Well, we still have some wrestling questions for Cody. We're going to get into that. And I got a pending question as well for Cody Goodwin. Has he watched Bama Rush? Might be saying, TC, what is that? (laughs) Just wait. That's as we come back. Group office. I don't know what songs are known. <laughs> not exactly my realm. Mr. Misunderstood's a good one. It was the name of his album from a few years ago. Okay. So, but he sings like uh, like Talladega, Record Year. Um, trying to think of some other popular ones. I don't listen to the radio anymore, so I actually don't know what's circulating and what's not. Um, don't say that on radio, Cody. <laughs> I don't listen to the FM stations, but there I listen go, to I you. listen to the AM, there and you, yeah. you know if I can't catch it live, and if you I'll catch are on FM, pod. it's one hundred six point three. Of course, there you go. Yeah. See, my car is either plugged into my phone or it's got like fourteen sixty. If if my phone's not plugged in, that's the way to do it. So, well, you're making your way to Bama, different area, very, and something I knew nothing about was the sorority system down there. Oh, dude, Greek life's huge in the South, huge. and there is now. A would you call it a documentary or a behind the scenes, a real world esque endeavor that is out there right now on HBO Max or just called Max, whatever the stupid thing they call it now, <laughs> called Bama Rush. Now, you have been taking a look back at all the Alabama football games. You're going to be diving into basketball more than you have before. Alabama baseball is getting ready to play in the Super Regional against Wake Forest. You got a lot on your plate. But before you get down there, don't you have to watch Bama Rush it? For people that don't know what we're talking about, here's a quick part of the trailer. We're getting ready to rush. Like, look at all the people already starting to line up. The University of Alabama is the top sorority recruitment in all of the country. Rush consists of four highly competitive rounds. Let's be honest, I probably would not be going to Alabama if it did not blow up on TikTok. I'm nervous. Which is like nervous and excited. 
There you go. I lost brain cells listening to that, man. <laughs> oh. I don't I don't want to watch it, but I maybe I, I think you have to. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> well to. you're diving into this new gig. This is a part of it. Yeah, I'm covering the athletic department. I'm not, you know, whatever that is on the side. Like part of the one of my goals going down this next week is to try and figure out where the students live uh-huh. and where the the not students live getting so, a good, good gap right so that i can live where the not students live because right. it's i mean a lot of my friends went to mizzou right after they made the transition to the sec and it's a different world man like it is i mean greek life was already pretty big at mizzou but it exploded when it became an sec school at my one of my brothers went to arkansas it is huge down there like it's just it's different it's very very different you know it, it's crazy too. you know somebody like you making the the trip down there and just the differences that you're going to run into. Oh, all my buddies that live in Iowa City anymore, they don't live in Iowa City. They all live in North Liberty. Yeah. And you're going to have to find that right area because even though you're not an old guy, you're an old guy compared to those college people anymore. Hey, are you calling me old? You're old. You see, you're transitioning now, Cody. I made it. <laughs> we made it an hour in. We got one more to go. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to talk some Kansas City Chiefs with Nick Athen. Get to know Cody a little bit better and some pending wrestling questions before he departs and becomes Mr. Alabama. We got those coming up in hour number two. Taking you up until one on KXN.